Hey everyone, this is Heather Kelly, the host of the Indie Music Room, a show where I talk to local independent musicians about their music. We have a lot of fun and you'll hear the new music that they're creating and the backstories of the stuff they've done in the past. So join me every Saturday and Sunday for the Indie Music Room right here on 4DodgeRadio.com. I'm really excited to um, introduce my next guest. Last month we had Frank Weevil on. And everybody had great uh, response about that. So you can always check that out on YouTube, our number three show, Frank Weevil and the Hawks. But this week, I am introducing the one and only Dennis Carlson. And he was with the Notorious Nobleman. And we I just really want to catch up and hear what's going on with him. He's a world-renowned percussionist. So much, so much we want to hear. Dennis, Denny, may I call you Denny? Please call me Denny. Okay. Denny also is kind of a part of the family somehow. He's like my uncle. That's not my uncle, but we've been family forever. But tell me about the beginnings, Denny. Well, the beginnings started with uh, your father, <laughs> Tim Kelly, and Denny Zika playing in my bedroom. And it was the first uh, ensemble I played with other than a, guitar, uh, a, a B3 Hammond player named uh, Tony Adams. And it all started with those uh, two guys, and later on we added uh, Jack Yates, who uh, was with Dale and the Deveneers, okay. and switched to guitar, and we formed a band in around 1966 called The Pillars, which was uh, regionally fairly successful. Okay. Now, that's a little before my time. I've heard of The Pillars. Now, I do know that you played with Notorious Nobleman. I do know that for a fact. I recognize the music. I love it. Tell me how The Pillars led to The Notorious Nobleman. Well, the Pillars broke up, and I formed a group for about nine months, which uh, basically taught me some uh, things about jazz and standards, which is called the Jim Steinhardt Quartet, uh, with a singer named Larry Harris. And that was really the old people's music, but it taught me a lot about styles. And it was from that group that uh, Keith Brown and I joined uh, the Notorious Noble with Doug Smith uh, and Michael... Okay. Uh, Michael... Uh, Hard to remember. Michael McCormick, Sr. There you go. You got it. I know it's always hard to remember those names. And Larry Lind on bass. It was a very fine ensemble. Fantastic. So what? after that part, when you were playing with them, what did you start doing next? After the Nobleman split up? Yeah, what year was the Nobleman together? What years? That was from, uh, for me, well, the Nobleman, I was in them from 69 until 71. 71, okay. And then I left uh, I left that group and joined a group out of, based out of uh, Old Wine and Cedar Falls called The Pages, which was a very popular horn band in uh, in eastern Iowa. Oh, cool. I love horn bands. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that band. Well, we had three horn players, but unlike most uh, bands that use horns, we wouldn't use them all the time. We would say, we're going to do four songs that are hard rock, and uh-huh. you guys go sit down, and then we'd come back and do Chicago songs and Blood, Sweat, and Tears, uh, some fancy things by a group uh, with Michael Brecker called The Dreams. I bet the people love that. It was a little, it was a variety band show, and it was uh, very successful, and good guys in that band. Oh, fantastic. So after those days, then what, I mean, what took you out to New York? I know that you went out to New York City and became a 
New York City rep for a while. What took you out there? Well, uh, there was a little detour before I got okay. to, to New York. Okay, tell me about this one. I was a music graduate of uh, University of Northern Iowa in 1973. In the last two years there, I was with the UNI Jazz Band, one of the finest ensembles, jazz ensembles in the country, probably one of the top three. Uh, because of that band, uh, we became, uh, the jazz band, we became the backup band for jazz sessions and college festivals in Chicago. Ooh, it was nice. at that uh, one of those performances that Gary Burton took me aside and said, it's time for you to leave the Midwest. Would you please come to Boston and teach chart reading to drummers? So you know, you read charts. You don't just play by ear. You actually read charts. Yes. In fact, I used to transcribe drum parts uh, in order to learn the songs correctly. Uh, you know, I'm very, very schooled in a traditional drumming. Fantastic. So what happened after that? Well, I was in teaching in Boston for five years. Every year I'd give a concert of original music, uh, world music, exploratory, experimental, and had a very successful fusion band there called Ictus, which would uh, play all the uh, local clubs in the Boston Northeast uh, scene. Okay. And uh, we were the backup band for Dave Brubeck on many concerts in the Northeast area in the late 70s. That is so cool. So that was in Chicago, right? That was in Boston. Oh, that was in Boston. So you went from Chicago to Boston... Well, we just performed one concert uh, with the UNI band in Chicago. Okay, then got I, it. And then I moved to uh, to Boston and and taught there five years, and then that evolved into that fusion band, which backed up Dave Brubeck. That's fantastic. Then, when you were living in New York, um, what what were your plans? What were your ideas with your music? Well, I got to the point in New in Boston where I felt like well. Uh, I've done what I can do here. How do I move up to the next level? Right. And New York is the top dog place, the top of the world in uh, the jazz music scene. And so I moved there in 1978. 78. Hmm, I was three years old. I love that. So you also, am I remembering correctly, did you graduate from Berkeley? I didn't graduate from Berkeley. I graduated from Cedar Falls University of Northern Iowa. Right. I I was an instructor at Berkeley for five years. Okay, so that's, that's right. I love that. That's amazing. I learned more as a teacher than I used to learn as a student. Did you see prodigies that you could just pick out when you saw, saw them as you were teaching? Could you just say, like, this one's going to be amazing? Oh, of course. And I played with many people uh, in different bands and ensembles that went on to become the world's most famous musicians in their respective areas, such as John Schofield on guitar, who played with Miles Davis. Bill Frizzell is considered the Miles Davis of guitars, and I played around the school several times with Pat Metheny. Gosh, you've had (laughs) extensive experience with people. That's fantastic. Um, I do want to talk about, we've got a couple songs here we're going to play of yours today, and a couple different takes on this. Um, we listened to these together. i got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of the next song we're going to play, the first one. It's called Take a Vacation by the Transformers. Um, tell me a little bit about how that came about and, and where it's being played. And Well, Whenever a musician moves from town to town, there's frequently a period of nothing happening because you're the new guy, you're the blind date that nobody wants to <laughs> to hire. Oh yeah, you what's and such and said you you said that you were good, but until you get a break. So I had gone almost a year when I first moved to New York uh, without playing uh, uh, very much, and so I joined this band in order to get my chops together, and it was like the punk movement in uh, around 1980. 
we played all the local uh the clubs like cbgb's uh bonds and all the places that later were the formation of the punk and the new music uh, movement in those time periods. Well, if I'm correct, I feel like I heard that you guys got all the way as far as England and Japan. We made some recordings at a place called Skyline Studios with uh, the brother uh, of the guitar player, happened to be uh, an uh, aspiring engineer who later went on to produce albums for B.B. King and Natalie Cole. So he was an exceptional engineer. and he still helps me with the uh, recording advice to this day. Um, so uh, we we put it out forty uh, fives uh, and and sent things all over where we could. And and later on, as the internet grew, the the songs gained some popularity in England and Japan, but never enough to really uh, uh, make it available to do a tour. But there is like a cult following of periods of bands in that time. Well, when I hear this song, it makes me want to take a vacation. So now we're listening to Take a Vacation with the Transformers. It's a punk band that Denny Carlson's performed in. And I'm telling you guys, it's that time of summer. This is a summer song. Here we go. Take a Vacation.
right. That is a fantastic song. We listened to it earlier, and I can't say how much I like it. It just gets me... You know, it kind of reminds me of that old song. Um, I say old, but Sheryl Crow's song, um, something... I'm coming out in the sun. It was a summer song, but this is what Take a Vacation feels to me. So that's a great song. It's very high energy, and the lyrics are quite comical and yeah. uh, and uh, satirical as well. Well, it's in my car this summer. Uh, next song we're going to play today is by the Notorious Noblemen. And let's talk a little bit a little bit more in depth about them. And, and I know you guys did Hard Day's Night, which we all know is done by the Beatles. But I heard... And I approved of their version of it. So tell me a little bit about how you guys got together and, and decided to do this particular song. Well, as I said, the Nolan broke up in the in the late 70s. Right. And we were nominated to be in the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was a great honor. And we rounded up as many of the old members of the band as we could, even though there was uh, basically a four or five piece group. Uh-huh. We found some of the original guys from Storm Lake in Albert City and invited them to join us uh, back for this uh, reunion. And it was really an incredible experience oh great um and so um doug smith um recently passed and uh about a month ago and he was a the owner and originator of the band based out of storm lake in albert city okay and a fantastic singer he could sing opera or he could sing led zeppelin oh and uh, sorry for your loss uh, thank you a dear friend yes. and we'll be having some posts about the notorious nobleman um on youtube and on our webpage, which we'll mention later okay great anyways there's another song we're going to be playing tonight um new york to the rescue now i'm unfamiliar with this song we did listen to it all it made me want to do is get up and dance. I want to go to a club. I want to put on a little dress, and I want to dance this song. Tell me about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, some of the members of uh, the band, the fusion band from Boston called Ictus, uh, were moving down to New York City, uh, and uh, we regrouped into a, a format that was more of a Michael McDonald uh, having lead vocals, R&B, but jazz-influenced band. And uh, so this is uh, Gordon Radford was the main writer. It was his band. He wrote all the material, a sax player named uh, Bob Zung, and uh, me on drums. And uh, we made the scene around uh, New York City in the clubs that were appropriate. I can remember one place that we were playing on 2nd Avenue, uh, 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 you know, celebrities would just come in. You know, right. Billy Joel and Cheryl, wow. Cheryl Teagues would come in. It was that kind of a place. So it was... Uh, an I e- have to ask, were you starstruck when that happened? Absolutely. I would be shaking. Not for Billy, but for Cheryl. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, I get it. That's great. But, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So th- this was more of an experience of like uh, trying to find something that was more commercially oriented that could reach a wider market than a fusion jazz band would. And uh, find musicians uh, Bob Zong on sax did I say that uh, such a remarkable player I, I have to be yeah. sure that he's mentioned and of course. Uh, so uh, this band uh, had had quite a bit of success and uh, what usually happens to bands in Fort Don, uh, in New York <laughs> right. is uh, you do about 10 to 15 gigs and if you don't build enough following then the clubs won't hire you back and then you reform a new band 
Well, it's kind of like Fort Dodge. There's five places to play, and it's kind of like the world. I you, mean, you uh, burn them out real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough world out there. Well, to, then I want to, to ask, noticed. how come people that got paid five hundred dollars when you were playing, and how come we got paid five hundred dollars twenty years later when we were playing? What is the problem with paying musicians? Well, a lot of people don't value the you know when you're on stage and looking like you're having fun, people think they they somehow don't value the arts uh, as much as as they should and people don't go out to clubs like they used to um, many years ago uh, 40 years ago and I don't think that they appreciate the iceberg that's unseen the work that goes behind the scenes to be able to be a musician and you know well I don't think they ever have but uh, it's a matter of uh, uh, people just don't go out to clubs as much we have so many more things in our world now to detract our time we have home theater we have the internet we have uh, you know, streaming. There's a lot of things that we can do that we don't have to go out of our house. And uh, also, uh, you know, I'm I'm all for uh, enforcing, uh, you know, you know, drinking laws and people drinking driving. And of course, people just don't want to go. They don't want to go out anymore. They, yeah. If they want to drink, they're probably going to stay home because of uh, it's safer and then actually it's a better idea. But it's to the detriment of the musician world. It is. I but I got to be honest. Denny, I'd rather cozy up with a glass of red wine and a record player and some vinyls than go out and hear a DJ these days. So that's where my heart stands in the music world. But DJs were the death of music. Uh, I used to do as many as five gigs a weekend in New York City, playing different kinds of functions, weddings, anniversaries. Uh, and DJs basically uh, took over the business because people want to hear the songs that the way that they're produced right. now a five or six piece band can be an amazing group of people but they don't have a hundred tracks of musicians and so people are disappointed when they don't hear that production of course everything's overproduced that's my opinion i'm not saying everything people don't get cranky i'm just saying in my opinion some things are overproduced but what i want to talk about is what is going on with you now you just moved back to the midwest welcome back Thank you. I love being back in Iowa. I feel I'm, I've come full circle in my life to come back here. I uh, moved back to Cedar Falls because uh, I still have a relationship with the musical community there, both in the university and uh, and the uh, and the uh, and the local musicians. Uh-huh. Many great friends. Real estate is uh, ridiculously expensive on the East Coast. I was living <laughs> out in Long Island, paying three thousand dollars a month. Can't imagine. And I got to put a plug in here for my my son's band, though, called This Crooked Home. He's into something called pop punk and he's very good at what he does so give him give him a look on youtube pop punk and what's your son's name christopher carlson awesome excuse me chris carlson is it a k or a c a c all right so we will have to check that out at some point um you're welcome back to cedar falls you've got some things going on there um, anything else you want to add? How we can contact you? Or? Well, uh, you can hear more of my different styles of music at soundclick.com slash Dennis Carlson performs. Oh, fantastic. I'd love to hear that. Actually, we might do that tonight. I might listen to a few of those tracks. Sounds so. good. It has been a pleasure having you. I thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and visit us at fortdodgeradio.com. Um, and... We look forward to hearing what comes up next. So until next time, Denny. It's also great to be back in close with my friends in Fort Dodge, uh, the many great musicians that have come out of this town and this area, and have that many of them have recorded in this great studio here. Yeah. Again, thank you, Kurt Kaufman, um, Chief Engineer, 
of Junior Motel's recording studio that allows us to do this every week and every time we have an interview. So I thank you all for listening. Again, thank you for joining me, Heather Kelly, for the Indie Music Room, a show about local independent artists, every Saturday and Sunday here on FortDodgeRadio.com. Thanks again for listening.
You've been listening to the Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly. Be sure to listen every Saturday and Sunday right here on FortDodgeRadio.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all our past and upcoming shows. The Indie Music Room is a production of FortDodgeRadio.com.